welcome to Solve This Murder. I'm your detective, Danny. And I'm your crime scene criminal and witnesses, Bill. This is part three of the actor's assassination. In part two, by the assumed murder weapon, I found a peculiar notebook full of obsessively cut out photos of the victim. Danny also talked to the director, Eve, and found out some interesting rumours about a past scandal in Chris Reffitt's life and that he was wandering around a little shadily recently. And while exploring Chris's dressing room, I uncovered a ransom note. Can I take a look at that ransom note again? Yeah, yeah, I can give you it again. It's been it's been a break since part two to part three. I think I would have, even if it had been five minutes, I would still like to look at it again. It feels important to have. There you are. Because this is a really interesting thing for it to have said. It's send the money or I will spill the beans and they'll slaughter you. So that's... It's so dramatic. I wonder how true it is, how much of this is a danger situation, or if this is a, oh, the media all slaughter you. It's hard to tell. Mm. This is just so hard because I feel like we just got this. It was, oh, no, big cliffhanger, end of last episode. I have looked at it and I don't have anything to do with it. <laughs> Unless I'm meant to like take all the letters of different colours and rearrange them to form other words, which I don't think is going to do much. Wait, I'm on ills. Yeah. That doesn't say anything. Bombshell. Bombshell. Yeah. I mean, look, the fact that there is a ransom note is a bombshell enough, surely. One would think, but one would also want to do something with it. Now I feel like, I don't know, I searched the rest of the dressing room. Is there anything else I can find in here? Does he have a diary? <laughs> That'd be a big help. Oh, man, a diary would be great. Uh, he does not have a diary. I think I did mention his phone might be in here. Oh, you may have, yeah. There was a wallet. Check mm. the wallet first. That's more important. You check the wallet. Is he, he has, who he says he is? He has 10 fake IDs. John Bleffert. Trim Creffert. No, no, he has his, it's just his normal wallet. Got his driver's license. It's... Chris Reffitt, you find out... If the wallet is really that uninteresting, you don't need to tell me the contents. <laughs> but don't you want to know his weight and his height? <laughs> oh, we're in America? Yeah, apparently. Wait on a driver's license. Our licenses don't strange. give any of this information. It's just your name and your address. And, and a picture of What you. you're qualified to drive. Yeah. Yeah, the wallet, no, nothing interesting. I feel like Agatha Christie books, uh, I feel like there's one, I can't remember which one, has complained about it before, mm. uh, an official form or license or something that one of the women had. And it like went through all of the details. Oh, Like wow. it said, wait, and she was complaining. She said, wait, normal. Nose, <laughs> normal. What is this? What should I be thinking about the fact that my nose is normal? I love that. I mean, look, I, this that's one of those things that I love to talk about from a forensics point of view, that... Before we had like fingerprinting and all this you other stuff. You just measured everything. You just measured a lot of stuff. You would have people's like their vital statistics and all this other stuff. And mm. it would just be like the length between their elbow and their thumb tip. And it was all this exactly stuff. what it, it like, felt if like. If you can get a criminal and measure all those measurements and they, and they match, those aren't going to change. Very and now Cinderella. You can identify. I know, right? We used to have an entire Cinderella crime system. Um, <laughs> okay, let's look at this. But this is not the Cinderella look, look crime system. Look at the phone. System. You look at the phone. Locked. It's locked. Uh, wife. <laughs> oh, wife. Your wife's not here. Uh, you look for Aliska and try and get her to unlock the phone? Yeah. Uh, Aliska... If she doesn't know it, they weren't really married. Aliska kind of looks and says, oh, um, 
you'd like me to unlock his phone. I mean, that feels like a breach of privacy. Really? I, really? Well, no, that's true. Do, well, really... What do you think I am going to find in here that is going to be so relevantly scandalous that it is going to be used for my own personal enjoyment rather than the solving of this crime? I suppose that's true. All right. But could you pass it to me so I can put the, the code in? <laughs> sure. Just, she takes the phone and she goes... Does she hold it for the appropriate amount of time? Yes, she goes... Dick, 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 and then she okay, hands it back. I don't back. know. That, that dick at the end, that's the sound <laughs> my phone makes when I trash something. Oh, no. And she hands it back. Okay. Looking at his phone, it's a phone. It's got a lot of, you know, normal kind of apps. There's a candy crush on there. There's... Emails Is that normal and, these days? Goodness. And other things. You could start to look through his emails, but mm. like a lot of people, there's there's a lot of that emails there. That would take there. a while. Uh, uh. And there's nothing... You have a quick look at the inbox. There's nothing immediately incriminating. There's no, like, <laughs> plans for death. Two places that I would like to Yeah, tell look. me where you look. One, calendar. You look at his calendar. You don't see anything notable in the calendar. There's okay. a lot of lock-ins for the rehearsal period. Mm. But nothing, nothing notable in the calendar. Nothing upcoming? N yes, there's upcoming stuff as well. Aww. But nothing notable. Like, Aww, I just made myself sad. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> nothing sadder than future plans that will never you see happen. A, you see a dinner in two days, celebrate parents' anniversary, hang out with my all-living siblings for a living child party. Oh, um, I don't feel as bad anymore. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, he's a weird guy. Right. Okay, calendar bust. Deleted emails? Sloppily deleted? Nothing sloppily deleted ah. that you can see. Hmm. Man, photos is not impossible. Worth it? I you mean, can flick through the photos. Sure, I've got time. You look through some of his old photos, and there's not as many as you might expect. Maybe it's an age thing, or maybe maybe theatre people are a little bit anti-modern technology. <laughs> every, time he sees a, <laughs> every time he sees a camera, he thinks, that's... That's taken away from the beauty of real live theatre. This doesn't match anything that <laughs> we know from real but there life. Are, but there, okay. are a, there are a few photos, and, and you see photos I'm not of. I'm going to speculate. Maybe he just doesn't take his own photos. Uh, but you see a, a few photos of uh, it, like him at, it, it, like uh, travelling, you know, in front of a, a a bridge. Shall we have a photo? A lot of like, hey, can you can you grab my phone, take a photo of me and my wife? And you do see there's a few of him with. With Aliska on, on trips. How old are they? Are they date stamped? Yeah, they're date stamped. It looks like he and Aliska were on a trip to Paris last year. Okay. There's a few photos from that. You see a few photos of him also hanging out with friends at, at events and, and things like that. But one of them, that's funny, one of them you know. A friend? That's a, yeah, that's a weird one. You know when you're flicking through someone's, like an Instagram and suddenly you go, oh, I didn't know this person knew that person. There's actually quite a famous senator. On Ooh. one of these photos. Oh, cool. There are some other people that you recognise. There's other actors, but that makes sense to you. You see him standing next to famed television actor <laughs> Randolph Pram. Sure. And you say, oh, well, Randolph Pram, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I think I'm sure. they did a. Oh, that's right. He was on an episode of his show. Uh, but one that stands out to you because you didn't, you can't, couldn't think of a connection they had. Uh, he's standing next to. Uh, a senator that you recognise. I'm pretty sure uh, all famous people know each other, but that's okay. Senator by the name of Andrew Feist, who's currently in office and don't much agree with all of his policies, but you somewhat agree with half of them. Mm. Um, 
See, you don't like scandals? half of his politi- policies half, half as, as well as you should, should like, but you like less than half of his policies half as well as they deserve. Uh, no, no scandals or anything like that. Um, you do know he's uh, quite well off. That's the closest thing you have to a surprise, scandal surprise. for a senator like this. He's, he's rich and like always you think, ah, oh, there's probably some weird senators, you know, a lot of like... I'm going to, my wife will buy stock in this company yes. right before I make this company mm. illegal. <laughs> what a dumb wife. You shouldn't have bought the stock. You should have sold it. Um, uh, but that's the one thing that uh, is of note to you because there aren't many photos and there are a few with this guy. Interesting. Huh, the idea of him being rich, I mean, again, not it, even the slightest bit of a surprise. The only other money mention that I've really had so far is the fact that Matthias wants to sell this theater. Don't know how easily I'd be able to find a link going on there, but eh, it's money. And of course, the ransom note mentioned money. That's probably pretty clear <laughs> as well. All right. So you've had a look at some emails, had a look at some That's photos. An interesting point. So while we're talking about people who have money, I mean, they just went on a trip to Paris. I'll go back to the wife and just say, look, can you just, maybe this is an awkward question, but like, first of all, what, what do you do? Oh, um... Well, right now I'm retired. Oh, dang. That's an early retirement. Well, it's the sort of, uh, do you... Oh, were you you an Olympian? I was. Oh. I was an Olympian. Yeah, gotcha. (sighs) And and when she says it, it sort of clicks in your head a little. You realise why you didn't recognise her at first. Because it's a sport I have no interest in. She's a winter Olympian. (laughs) Yeah, sure, that makes sense. Um, for people at home, we're not from Canada. We're from a country with no snow. I'm sure if you're from a country that has snow, you probably know your Winter Olympians. We don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've got uh, a couple of Australians and Sean White. And Sean White. Assuming he does Olympics. That's all I got. Did Eddie the Eagles snowboard? Uh, uh, Any ski? of the Eagles? Eddie the Eagle? Oh, Eddie the British Eagle. Ski, like ski jumper? Or was he just a British like bus jumper? <laughs> Like an evil Knievel. No, I think he was an Olympics person. I think he was a ski jumper. Wouldn't have been able to tell you. It could have been swimming for all I know. Uh, anyway. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Oh, no, I, uh, I did the biathlon, mm-hmm. cross-country skiing. and Gotcha. Um, and, yeah, look, I did that for, for a while. And while I was doing that, I was also working a few other jobs and sort of supporting Chris as he was starting his life as an actor. And, and, you know, he makes enough money now through acting and I've retired from the... very impressive. uh, Yeah, so I'm taking more of, more time off for myself. Yeah, because I was going to ask, how do you feel about, you know, the money sitch? Look, I mean, money-wise, we're we're quite comfortable. Okay. You know, we're not super well off, we're not, but we're definitely not... So they get annoying, you must have some, like, super rich friends. Oh, well, Winter Olympians, some of those people come from... The reason they started skiing is because their fathers took them to their m- manners in the snow. Right. Their snow manners. No, I like manners in the snow better. It sounds like a song. Manners in the snow sounds like the title of our next murder mystery. <laughs> <laughs> There's nary an alliteration. I know. It couldn't be ours. Someone else can take that one. You know, it's... But we're mostly fine. I, look, and we, we definitely have some friends who are well off. Can't trust people like that all the time. Yeah, no kidding. Some of them are fine. Some of them ruins this sense of... Would you call them oblivious? No, I think they know what they're doing. Really? God. They just don't care. Oh. Some of those people. They just don't care. 
They sort of take whatever they want and they think, well, you know, I've got money, I've got status, so so this is mine. I can have this one. That's interesting. I always took it as a, just assuming the, the ignorance of, well, this is just how the world works. Things be mine. No, they know. Uh. All right. Uh, ha- have some hot chocolate. Uh, sorry, yes. Uh, where's yeah. Mr. Matthias? He refused to give me some. He said he didn't know what oh, I was talking yeah. about. Uh, no, no. Um... No, no, you're right. I called him out on it. I said, you gave, gave hot chocolate to one person and not to me. You're a monster. Uh, yes. Eve uh... keeps knocking my door with something in her hands. And I say, no, no, Eve. I've got Matthias to talk to. Yeah, she can get a hot chocolate. I, I slink out. <laughs> Confidently. Confident slink. All right. I just wanted to go into that because I did have, you know, you, you have the interesting questions. There's no names on that ransom note. What if he was writing it? Like, I, I have no reason to 100% guarantee that that was a note to him. So if it was a note from him, you see what they're doing money-wise. And they know a rich person now. They have some faint connection to a richer person. Maybe they were the ones ransom. That's not the verb that I want, really. Uh, Blackmailing him. Who can say? And don't think I'm going to sidestep the fact that she's a biathlete. (laughs) What's wrong with cross-country skiing? Yeah, sure. That's what it is. In my notes, several times I have written the words bang, bang. Two of them. <laughs> oh, that's biathlon. biathlon, I see. Yeah, everything is leading to her being sus AF. But let's see what we can do with this. Because I still have things like this stalker notebook. It, it, there's no reason that that should have been there. That is a throwaway. So I would love to find out who owns that. But you're, that, that's now at the police station, isn't it? Yeah, you sent that away to hide it from everybody else, but you've hidden it from yourself. Oh, I don't want to look at it again. I, I kind of want to flash it at other people. Ah, sure. well, okay. look, you can get I it can, if you need to. I can make. I remember what it looks like. Were you going to make a copy? I'm. I'm sure in my car I've got a collection of notebooks. Just go and get it. It's easy no, no, to it's get. No, it's evidence. That's a bad idea. All right, sure. I look for what it is. You've got a fake I police go, badge you took from the props table. I go to Target and I buy the same notebook. All right. And from now on, I'm just going to carry it in my pocket. Sure. With the top sticking out of it. It's a big pocket, but not that big. All right, lovely. All right, let's see if anyone notices it, recognizes it in any way. In the meantime, I suppose it's worth a quick check. Is Betsy the only one who's got, uh, the only other person who's got her own dressing room? I think there's probably also a room for Eve. Well, yeah, but not a dressing room. Well, but uh, the equivalent of a dressing room. Mm. Usually there's more dressing rooms They'd expect a larger cast. This is basically a two-person play. So Eve went into one of the empty ones. And Matthias's sort of office is also up on this floor. I would like to investigate Betsy's dressing room, but I would also like to talk to her, so maybe she could be in there. And I'm just giving the sly side eye while having a conversation with her. I mean, look, luckily when you approach the dressing room, Betsy is in there. Luck had nothing to do with it. Oh, you waited. (laughs) It's three days later. It was very (laughs) awkward. Betsy's in, in her dressing room. Uh, and she looks up as you approach and says, "Oh, but did you want she's to feeling have better. More she's questions? decided it was good news now, so yeah, she's, she's decided it was good up. news. Cool. Uh, honestly, just little bits from a sort of insider, sort of outsider into Chris's life. Oh, yes. 
What did you, you... You thought that he was a great actor, right? Oh, he's phenomenal. Would you... Have you ever done a thing, like, just Googled him, looked him up, oh. followed his career, that sort of stuff? Yes, yeah. No, I... Well, I don't... I haven't looked a huge amount. I know he started with some more kind of artistic projects that... Oh, that, that don't really have I never choice. really... Like, but I, I, for his acting work, yeah, look, I've, I've seen a lot of the stuff he's done. Uh, obviously, some of it was before my time. But, you know, I'm, you know, he's... Of course. But, like, he's done some really great shows. I, I've looked into a lot. And, and, you know, of course, he had all the... He had a few scandals um, early on. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm really, I'm really happy to see that everything's going well now with him and Aliska. Like, when she was here, I thought that's going to be a little awkward. But apparently, you know, all of that's been fixed up. They're all really happy now, which is great. Uh, so wait, wait, who are we talking about? I thought, oh, sorry, I must have missed a scandal. Which one are we talking about now? Oh, well, the, the affair. Uh-huh. You heard about this, right? This is, this is, I mean, his big wait, thing. I thought, that, I thought this was ages ago. Oh, it was. It was ages ago. But I didn't know they, they you know, repaired all those, all those, uh, all those breaks and those bonds. Oh, hold on. You saw stuff that had names in it? Everything that I saw was really keeping, like, keeping... Oh, uh, well, shady about the information and trying to keep it private, you know, inside sources and all of that, and didn't want to be sued for defamation. You found actual names? You must tell me more. I feel that uh, half ignorance is the best way to play. Yeah, true. Well, I know what you mean. It was just reported as an affair at the time. Mm. But it was, but of, like, Chris, I've, and I've talked to Aliska about this and, and other people. Oh. Uh, I've, you know, not, not, you know, uh, rudely, but it just comes up. But it was, oh, it was in the 2010s mm. sometime, I think, like a... Distant past. So, yeah, like a deca- decade ago. And uh, uh, he had a big affair. He was caught with a woman. I, I don't think she ever got named, but it was it was a, a like an old family friend or, a, or, or something like that. Mm. All right. And they'd been photographed out and... and and it was a huge blow, but almost ended his marriage. And Aliska, she found out. It was a whole big thing. But, you know, they... they and it said at some point that they had patched things up. But, you know, when you read the tabloids, you don't believe that sort of stuff. You just think, oh, they're covering it up so they can move to the next story about how Madonna's pregnant with quadruplets, but uh, for four again. different fathers. You know, real, true facts like that. It is but very it was interesting. good to see Aliska here, because, look, honestly... I didn't believe it at first, but they seem really, they seem very much in love. Mm. Weird for someone to go so far as be sceptical of tabloids at the patching up part and not the, <laughs> well, isn't this a convenient excuse to show why they're happy together because there was never a fight in the first place. Anyway. Oh, there was definitely a fight in the first place. Chris has talked about it. Oh, what? He's He's been in interviews about it as well. He's talked about being, you know, the value of... of repentance and self-acceptance and becoming a better person. And you can see how much it's transformed his acting as well. He was good before, but he's just become even better. He has an understanding of the human soul. And it's by going through that sort of thing himself that he really crafted a more mature performance in, well, he was in Uncle Vanya uh, <laughs> last year. Beautiful. Don't Please don't write that down. Um, <laughs> he was in Chekhov's Three Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> He just does a lot of checkoff. <laughs> and it's it's really like you can tell he's a very mature performer and, and he has an understanding of the human spirit now. There's something reminiscent of Joey getting just the letter V for the encyclopedia collection of this. 
Right, again, not exactly as specific as I was hoped for. Have I eyed anything in her dressing room? Ah, yes. So as you're talking, you're looking around the dressing room. Mm. I say yes, but which I do mean no. <laughs> um, as you're looking, as you're looking around the the dressing Fabulous. room, you're you're seeing if there's anything else, and uh, it's a dressing room. You see, there's her 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 costume for the play. You see, there's the big mirror. There's makeup. She's also reading a book. Ah. she a play. She's reading. Lady Windermere's fan. Interesting. By Oscar Wilde. Mm, yes, it is. Right. Well, this was significantly more useless than I hoped. The only <laughs> She thing... looks downtrodden. I made I made a one word <laughs> note from this experience, and that was the word repentance question mark. Which is interesting, but vague. It's not helpful and unless I, I, I don't well, I don't trust Aliska, so I don't want to ask her anything. Let's go deal with this Usher business. Okay. So way back when I asked Matthias for a staff list. I hope that exists by now. You have a staff list from Matthias. And it mentions who was at the front of house and yeah, was all that this sort of thing. Usher Jerry that I've heard about? Was he head Usher, the one that yes. I talked to way at the start and who I yeah, demanded Jerry, would let me in? Again, it's a smaller theater. It doesn't have a gigantic staff, and sure. so really, there's sort of Jerry who uh, is the you could call him a head usher. You could also call him sort of the front of house manager. Maybe a more official title than head <laughs> that usher. That feels like what he would uh, want. He loves to be called front of house manager. And he'll sort of keep track of where people are stationed and, and, right. and all that. Right, that's what I need. There's only, when it comes to how many people there are, there's a door to the dress circle. There's two doors to the theatre below. So usually they only have maybe four ushers working. Good. Usher Jerry. Yes. I assume that this will make it extremely easy for you to tell me who was meant to be on dress circle duty. Well, I can tell you exactly who was meant to be on dress circle duty. Then please do so. Don't make your sentences longer than they need to be. They won't be. My sentences will be the exact length that they need to be to give you the pertinent information from said sentence. Well, <laughs> the person who was in the dress circle, his name was Mary. I know what you're thinking. Ronald Mary. Okay. But we all call him Mary. You see, and he runs, and he was at the dress circle. Of course, not for very long. Once the audience is in, and we rip the tickets and check the tickets mm -hmm. and use a little torch to get them to their seat, mm -hmm. the doors are closed. Mm -hmm. They're not locked or anything. They're closed. They're, not. They don't have any. That would be a, a fire safety hazard. Yes, it would. Um, and at that point, he doesn't need to stand outside the door. They don't, he's not a waiter. That's what waiters do, right? They wait. And so Mary came back down and he was doing cleaning at front of house. Are you kidding? What do you mean am I kidding? Have you never been in what a theatre? What happens if someone's late? Someone's late. They'll come through the front office. We'll see them late and, and we'll show them up to their seat. What happens if someone needs to leave the dress circle to go to the bathroom and come back? Well, they walk out the door to the bathroom. But not their chaperones. But then how do you know that they've got a ticket when they come back in and they're not stealing their way they're in? They're already in the building. The, the tickets are... Look, okay. People come in the front door. They're checked. Look, one of the greatest things about being an usher is that you get to see the shows for free. Not in this theatre, you don't. Our ushers pay for a ticket or they don't see the show. Well, this is outrageous and what an I'm saying, affront to my sensibilities. What I'm, what I'm saying is they will come to the front, we will check their tickets, and then they will have their checked tickets, and they will show those to the ushers at each door. Sure. This is not a security feature. Once they're in, they're in. It's no, just to it's... make sure everyone gets to the correct well, seats. And what if 
I don't know. Too many what-ifs. It's a bad idea. They should be able to stay there, and they should stay there. Well, I'm so sorry, but we don't expect murders you to mentioned, happen. Well, you mentioned that it's a security feature. How would someone bring a gun into this theater? How is there, there... There's no security against that? There is security against things like that. When people arrive, we don't put them to a metal detector or anything, but uh, they, they have to check their bags. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, uh, I, look, I suppose it's possible to bring in a, a derringer or other small... I, I feel like this accent was originally a slightly more American, but I've kept the tone of this. this uh, you couldn't bring a derringer in. You could bring, perhaps, a derringer in a, in a purse. The derringer still check. exists, sir. I don't know. I've never seen a gun in my life. Right. Yeah, you really don't stick around but to we, watch the shows. But we check we, 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 any bag large enough to have a, 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 a dangerous big gun is, is checked and... Uh, and, and, you know, people are, are, I mean, we don't pat them down or do major security, but we keep an eye on everybody's they're coming in to make sure nothing terrible is brought in. At what point does some, is someone forced to check their bag? They're forced to check their bag before they even go anywhere near the entrance to the theatre. I see. Well, to the, to the seating, to those doors. They must check their bag upon entry. Right, so just a random member of the audience, if they wanted to bring in something larger that was not allowed to have, a, a big gun, if you oh, will. I mean, a, a, a big gun How would be... How big a coat would they have to be wearing? Larger than any I've seen. Especially uh, lately, it's, as you can see, he says, pointing outside, the height of summer. Anyone with a very, very large coat, large enough to hide a, a big, big gun... gun. Well, we would have noticed, and I and, and I will say uh, I can talk bazooka, to my staff. Bazooka, if you will. But no, a bazooka. I get the feeling bazookas are smaller than I think they are in no, real life. Oh no, they're huge. <laughs> I truly don't know. I just get that feeling. I don't believe anyone could have brought something like that into the theater. Yeah, that makes sense. That's totally fair. Um, I think you should change your procedures a little bit. Perhaps give we will your ushers a good show. Let them watch. Oh, I see. You, I, I thought perhaps as a detective you were talking about changing our procedures to prevent future murders. No, you just would like to, the ushers to see the show. I think it's only fair. Well, okay. That would have made my job a lot easier. That's true. Right. This was, again, frustrating. I was going off the, oh, did something happen to the usher? Did someone dress up as an usher? Did someone distract an usher? No, they just weren't there. They just weren't hanging around. Useless. That said... I mean, it does give off the impression of gun prior stashed. We already knew that we weren't suspecting miscellaneous audience members, but it now feels like it just wasn't someone who came in via the normal entrance whatsoever, which is totally fine. We know that there are ways to connect backstage and dress circle if you go around in all these sneaky ways. That's actually just, uh, yeah, I suppose one other thing. You're all at the front desk sort of hanging during oh. the show. Do you ever see the actors or backstage people coming around? Is this on their path if they were to leave the backstage area to come around to the main area? It can be. Sometimes they'll come out through that door over there, and he points to the so, to a stage door entrance that mm. is kind of linked straight to the foyer. Mm. Uh, but often they'll come in and out through the through the door that leads straight out to the car park, to the parking lot, depending which country we're in, which you remember as the door from which you took the fire Safety check-in, check-out. Yeah, the sign-in sheet. Yeah, the sign-in sheet. Mm. Um, but no, we do occasionally see people coming in and out. The uh, Eve is often bringing props through this area and large cases. So you know those. Or, or, oh boy. Uh, sound equipment, I assume, in those sort of boxed 
areas that they sometimes get brought through the foyer. Uh, we see costumes come in and out in their cases. When there are um, musical events, people will bring instruments in. You'll come in occasionally rather than take them straight from outside. That we'll we'll see people come in and out with clarinet cases and saxophone <laughs> cases and things like that. Excellent, excellent. This is all very helpful and not at all. <laughs> Eight herrings of various colors. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, and, of course, pers uh, prospective buyers uh, recently have been coming in through here and going out through that stage door oh, entry, obviously, you, up to Matthias's office. You've been privy to the whole possible sale thing? Yes. No, we're, we're, it's not a secret. We're, we, are, we are all aware of it. And, and I do. We, we have been made... Some assurances that hopefully we'll all be kept on in our positions when a new buyer comes in. Need some assurances that hopefully. Well, uh, Matthias, Matthias hopes for it, but there have been a lot of prospective buyers and the deals haven't really closed at all. And so he, it looks like lately he's getting a bit more desperate to sell and perhaps our job security may not be kept as part of the deal. But he assures us it should be. I truly don't know how either side of a prospective theatre sale would be aided by someone being murdered. <laughs> I'm really unsure of that. The other thing that is now getting me is that clearly I've... My, my thoughts are a bit mismatched about exactly how this shooting took place because I feel like before it felt like we were envisioning it as door to dress circle creaked open a little bit and someone shot from the outside. But this conversation then made me go, oh, gun was already stashed behind curtain inside. So those two things don't feel like they necessarily ah, go together. The curtain, where you found the guns, that curtain, uh -huh. that is on the outside of the door into the dress circle. Oh, so, what? Yes. Yeah, so that is the wall. Oh. Uh, just outside the door is where that was. There's was curtain in, on the yeah, outside. Yeah, they sort of run bits. Decorative sort of, so it is that okay, is running okay. on the out. So that was cool. You could have picked the gun up from that stash, fired through the door, and put it back Great. where you took it. Okay, that definitely clarifies that. I yeah. was very much picturing it as inner curtains. Hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, as you were talking to Jerry about the sale of the theater, you hear one of the other ushers sort of gives a, gives a bit of a. I don't know how to describe the type of. Like a. Like a just make the sound. Disgruntled Make the sound. Damn, that's a gruff usher. I'm afraid of him. Grusher. I don't know if I want to talk to this grusher. You can talk to the grusher. No, he scares me. You hear him say, I mean, look, at least the sale probably will go through now. What? Wait, you understand how these things connect? Uh, look, I'm just tired of not having a, 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 a bloody understanding of my future job security. Is my concerns. So I'd like the sale to either go through or not go through. And given that Matthias is going to do the sale, I'm glad that... Look, I don't mean to speak ill of the dead. So I shan't. <laughs> ah, you twisted my arm. I'll speak ill of the dead. No, look, I'm just saying... Chris hampering the sale? Look, I know we're not supposed to talk about things like this, but Matthias probably would have sold the theatre months ago if Chris hadn't always been in his ear. Look, he... he Chris and Matthias have some kind of like very artistic understanding of what it is to be in a theatre. But my understanding, my father was a theatre owner himself. 
It's a business transaction, right? You just do what's good for the business. And they're talking about artistic integrity, and Chris always makes it. You know, we've had people come in here wanting to buy a theatre, turn it into a, into a new cinema. Mm. And I think, oh, people go to the cinema now, it's a good business opportunity. And Chris says, no, you can't do that. It's about the soul of the artist and all that stuff. Sure, this is all very Nancy Drew, the final scene. And it's just a bother to me that... He's not going to. He, he works independently of the theatre, but I'll, I'll, my job is here, and so you know he's trying to get the sale to be perfect for some reason. And I'm sitting here being like, no, I just finalise the thing so I can figure out what I'm going to do with me and my family. You know, sorta. All right. Well, back to ushering, mm-hmm. and he continues ushering. What is he ushering right now? He's ushering some lint and dirt out of the theatre with a broom. Good pay. Good pay. Right, so... I'm sorry about that. No, yeah, it's peculiar reasoning. So Chris was just so influential on Matthias that he was picking up on all of the problems and telling Matthias he couldn't do this, he couldn't make these sales because it wasn't... It didn't have enough artistic integrity. Uh, look, don't, don't read into what Grumbly Jeff says. He always grumbles, Grumbly Jeff. Mm. Ignore his grumblings. Completely? Completely. Okay. No notes. <laughs> Put down your pen and take no notes about his grumblings. <laughs> Matthias and Chris are old friends. I'm sure he takes his consideration into consideration. But I, I don't think it's as overblown as people like Grumbly Jeff would, would have you believe. Mm. No, it's pretty wild motive-wise. There are so many other ways that you can make a sale go through. Hmm... Especially if you're the one offering the money. Just offer a bit more money. This has been a weird mix of slight glimpses of information, but nothing that is giving me any sort of aha moment. There are senators, there's money, there's something that he, that Chris once felt guilty about and that has now magically made him a good Chekhov actor. There's all of this selling of the theatre where maybe Chris was faintly influencing it not happening, but I don't know. That's that's just one Grush's opinion. So I don't yet have a good way to put this all together. And what about this mysterious trip to Paris last year? I drew an Eiffel Tower in my notes. I'm sure it's important. Oh, is that what that is? <laughs> hey! So there's all of this current theatre stuff that is going on and there's some weird stuff from Chris's past going on. It feels like that Usher just said, Usher Jerry just said that Chris and Matthias were old friends. Mm. I don't know if I knew that. So that's interesting. It feels like all roads are leading to Matthias might have information that I want. Um, I wonder how much I can try. I don't know how much... We'll find out how much this guy likes talking about money. If it doesn't seem like very, then we'll see if we can talk about the past instead, I guess. Solve This Murder is created by Bill Sunderland and Danny Siller as part of the Consume This Media network. To find out more about all of our shows, you can head to consumethismedia.com. A special thank you to Jared, Devon and Witt from the podcast Advanced Sagebrush and Shootouts for creating our theme music, And thanks to all of you for listening.